BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Scotty Pippen has been tripping. We're going to talk about Scotty's interview on Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast with Stacey King and dive into the mailbag on a simple Saturday mailbag. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes if you choose to do so. You can also follow the pod at Bulls Central Pod if you want to follow us there as well on every social media platform. But let's go ahead and get into the shits today. Scottie Pippen, man. I Listen, I have never seen somebody who I completely idolized growing up trip. Trip as much as they have. And let me be clear, right? Not everything that Scottie Pippen said in the interview was wrong. I think when you look at him saying uh, how people viewed Jordan, especially like some of his, you know, teammates over the course of the years have, have come out and, you know, said that Jordan wasn't the best teammate. Now, I guarantee you they're all happy that they're wearing rings um, and, and they got some endorsement deals and things like that being being champions. But at the end of the day, when, when it really comes down to it, I look at it like this when it comes to Pip, is that I think Pippen. The last dance was the final straw in just a series of things that Pip looks back on his career and just feels disrespected by. I really think that, that, that that's what it was. The, the last dance was that, was that last thing. It was just like, come on, bro. And I can understand it. Like, Pip has been made the scapegoat for some things, right? When you look at people, like, criticizing Pip for, 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 for you know, the, the headache game and things like that and, and stuff, like, Pip has been very much criticized. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all about what you guys did together. And while I think that some of that vitriol has been focused towards MJ, where really it's kind of, it should be more focused towards some of your contemporaries and some of, you know, the pundits and, and analysts and things like that. But, you know, I, I can't say that. That man went through what he went through. He's going to have his feelings on what he's going to have his feelings on. I do think, you know, it gets a little bit much into being hyperbolic when you say things like Jordan was a horrible player before he got there and it only took me five years to win it like that type of thing um but again I feel like Pip is really somebody who in many ways feels like he's fighting for his legacy 
fighting to be remembered to the fact of, hey, I wasn't just a Robin in this case, right? And while some people do say and, and, and label Pip as the greatest number two ever, and that, that's, that's, uh, that's realistic, right? I, I can't fight against that or say anything negative against people viewing him. Pip is just the greatest number two ever. But to me, Pip was so much more than that, right? And as somebody who, like, watched Pip play, like, Pip was a dog. And what he did defensively, what he did offensively, like, I, I, those, those Bulls teams don't win without Pip and Jordan. It goes hand in hand. And really, as a team, to win a title, it takes a full team. And if that's, that's something that we see every day that's proven, right? And even when people, like, nowadays ask, ask like, act like, uh, when it comes to, like, players, like, well, he doesn't go out. He didn't win you in the playoffs. It's very, like, there are only a handful of players in the NBA, real talk, that can just by the nature of them being on your team alone, make you a, a championship contender. But that, that's a story for another day. But seeing, you know, the one thing that I always enjoy with any type of interview or anything is the access that we have to players nowadays. When I was growing up, the previous generation, they retired and went away. You would be lucky to see them pop up every once in like a couple of years on, on being interviewed somewhere. We have, we have such unfiltered access to anybody who wants to be in front of a camera, anybody who wants to be in front of a mic, it just sucks that Pip uses that time to really, it seems like, primarily to throw shade. And more so, I would love Pip to just talk about his accomplishments, right? If I ever got the chance to interview Scottie Pippen, I just want to hear about what you did. I want to hear about what you accomplished. I want to hear about what, what went through your mindset of going through winning six titles. What was the way that you prepared, prepared for it, right? That's the stuff that I would want to hear. And I know the, the thing with him versus Jordan and, and, and Phil Jackson is always going to be the things that get headlines. Um, I just wish that it was more focused on because Pip had an amazing career. When you look at the just the story of Scottie Pippen, it's it's a story there. Is it gonna if people try to compare it to MJ, is gonna always is it gonna be held up to there? No. But Pip had a great career. And when you when you look at what he did internationally, right, with Team USA, what he was able to do um with with the Bulls and even leaving and coming back to the Bulls and just like what that story what went through your mind there, like yeah, going through being on a franchise that won six titles, right? And I loved, like, in the interview with him and Stacey King, even him talking about the Houston Rockets, right, and saying, hey, they weren't talking about you two years before. They didn't talk about you two years after you won the title, right? That's the kind of thing. And I feel like Pips now, every time he gets in front of an interview, it's always going to be looked at as, all right, what you about to spill about Jordan and and that area of the Bulls? And it's like, like, I mean, and, and again, it's not, it's not on the interview. It's not, I'm not putting it on Stacey King. It is on Pip because that is the way that Pip, just he goes about it and you could tell that he's just somebody who who is sour about the way that some things went right or wrong no matter how you view that that's just where he is and he feels slighted and I, I when you do look at the last dance the last dance was always painted in a way that it was kind of from Jordan's perspective they even showed I was surprised at how much they did show Jordan being an asshole right um because they I thought that they were completely just trying to paint him as this angelic figure um but at the end of the day like what that what that that Bulls team, what Mike and Pip went through with two different iterations of that Bulls team going on two different three-peats, we'll never see done again. Never see done again. And so, um, you know, it's it's amazing. And I don't want even what Pip has done to, to, to kind of like make people forget that Pip was a great player, man. Um, but yeah, it's just it it just sucks that every time he gets in front of a mic nowadays, man, it's just just to throw shade and it's just made to to be something of like I don't know. I, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of two minds about. It. I go back and forth. Like, he, like Pip was tripping on some things, man. And um, but he he also dropped a lot of facts. And I know 
over on Locked on Bulls, I made the joke that I really do think that this Pippen is from the multiverse. Because uh, when you just look at sometimes his recollection of events aren't exactly how, like, the people, like, they were kind of painted back then and it's just slightly off. And I made the joke that, like, yeah, that's because he's from a different multiverse where things were very similar. But there are some key things that are a little bit different. But overall, man, it kind of is what it is when it comes to Pip in the interview. Um, that's all I can say. Like, Pip is just, hey, he's he's going to Pip. And that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. Um, and you can expect it. And at some point, I hope there is a, a reconciling between him and Jordan. Because, like, I just, I hope, and I, I know that may be me being hopeful, um, and it probably will never happen just with you look at the things that were said. But I do think that, what the things that Pip has gone over, gone through in his back end of his life, right? Not even career, his life, like his wife leaving him. Now with, with I think she's still with Jordan's son, like all that leaving him, leaving him for future. Like it's just, I, I'm sure that's a lot to send any man. And when you also look at the fact of how much money Pip missed out on with that contract, and I do think that that that's where he carries a lot of his his uh, 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 upsetness, right? Is is with that contract, just looking back and. Looking at that deal that he signed that, hey, Jerry Reinsdorf said, I would not take this deal if I were you. And so, man, it, it just is what it is when it comes to Pitt, man. That's all I can say. But all right, enough of me rambling. Let's go ahead and get into the mailbag today, man. The first voicemail that we got, this one's from Ant the Big Homie. What up, Hayes? It's your boy Ant the Big Homie. Man, I'm calling in because I've been watching these games in the playoffs and Miami, bro. Miami is on a mission. Um, I never seen an AC this dangerous and I know they was injured most of the season and they had they you know the issues and Spo and and Jimmy had they little run in and on on the, on the um, bench or whatever but bro the, that organization is so impressive and I think that's what we're missing you know um back in the day during Jimmy Cross era he said organization win championship everybody got pissed off but now we see what he meant when he said organization win championship. Bro, Miami has the identity of Pat Riley. Uncle Pat is on the sideline still looking like he can play, bro. He's that motivated and that big of a winner. And that's what we're missing for the Bulls. We don't have an identity. Our organization don't care about winning. They care about the bottom line. It's a business to them. So they don't care about hiring the best productive coach, or the best productive general manager or the best productive president of personnel. They don't care about that, bro. Their bottom line is winning. And us fans, I'm, I'm sorry, their bottom line is, is, is their bottom line, dollars. Us fans is the only thing that in this organization, as far as, you know, the Bulls concerned, care about winning. When we're getting stuck, we're in a shitty situation because the higher-ups really don't care about winning. And I know us fans, we, we say we should make this move, we should make that move. But at the end of the day, bro, until the organization has a structural change, you're going to be forever chasing our tail. Love you always. Love the show. Go Bulls. See Red. All right. Bringing up Miami, and here's what I'll say. Miami is a franchise that has an identity. And that's what, as a, as a franchise, when you look at just Eric Spolster and Pat Riley, right, that no matter what happens, that's, that's going to be Spoh's locker room and it's Pat's organization. No matter what happens, it's Riley's organization, it's Spoh's locker room. Yeah, he's going to bump heads with Jimmy Butler and things like that, but then Jimmy is also the leader on the court. He he brings that identity for the actual team. The organization has their own identity. The organization has a level that they're always going to be at, and then Jimmy uh, brings that uh, that on-the-court identity as well, which is having a lot of players 
also that were undrafted and have those chips on their shoulders, right? Somebody asked in the Chicago Bulls Central Discord the other day, was it a L take from, I think, was it Stacy? I think it was Stacy King who said that, let's not act like Jimmy Butler didn't wear out his welcome on, basically, I'm paraphrasing, three different franchises. And somebody, and I can't remember who it was, asked if it was an L take, and it was a valid question to ask, right? But I think that it's a, it was also a valid statement from Stacy because not every team is going to have the mental makeup to be able to deal with what Jimmy Butler brings. Right. And that's and that's not to vilify Butler. That's not to vilify the other team. Cat was not wet, ready. That young uh, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves team was not ready for the intensity that Jimmy Butler brought. They just weren't. They weren't ready for it. I guarantee you that some of those guys, maybe not Cat, because I think Cat still has some of that mental weakness. I'm sorry, Cat. Um, but I think that they, if you look back on it, some of those players were like, no, nah, like, I, I, like Jimmy brought some things that we needed. Right. But you have to be a level of maturity. You have to have a certain amount of of make up yourself to be able to deal with what Jimmy Butler brings. And then when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, I guarantee you Joel Embiid now wishes that he was in the in the mind place he is now back then to be able to be a teammate with Jimmy Butler. That that Philly team experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. I was not ready for Jimmy Butler either. And then you go to my, the Miami Heat, a team that has already strong personalities with their general manager. And with their head coach, and they're better able to buffer, right? And then you have players that also have those chips on their shoulders that need that push from Jimmy Butler. So um, I think when it comes down to it, when you look at an organization being like the Miami Heat, it comes from developing within, it comes from establishing your system, it comes from making smart decisions, right? And not panicking, not making, not blowing things all up. Like they do stuff slowly over time there as well. And think, so when you look at the Miami Heat as an organization, I wish that that was the Bulls' identity, right? And not saying that I wish, like, we had Jimmy or anything, but just, you know, if Jimmy were to leave the Miami Heat this season, it'll only be at the most two seasons before the Miami Heat are back to being at least a perennial playoff team because that's just the makeup of that roster and how smart they are with how they build that team as well. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Steph. Yes, yes, this is Steph. Um, I was just chiming in on a uh, mailbag that you had um I don't I forgot when it was uh, posted I think it was something to the effect that what could the Chicago Bulls learn from the Denver Broncos or something to that effect listen um this is my take uh, now the Denver Nuggets is a great team they have been great throughout the regular season as well as into the playoffs and their first ever conference final championship and first ever finals appearance in team history. Now, if you look at the team, you notice that they have no mega superstars. You got Jokic. Yes, he's a superstar, um, former MVP. Outside of that, you got your players like Murray, Gordon. Uh, I love that guy ever since he was with Orlando. 
And then you got your other complimentary players like Caldwell Pope, et cetera, et cetera. For some reason, the Bulls have not been able to put that type of pieces to their puzzle together to build that type of playoff team, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know what it's going to take. Um, maybe we need to get some more experienced leadership to be a part of the team. Um, maybe we need to just get rid of the general manager that we have because their last, um, their choices in, 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 in their latest whatever rebuild or whatever they're trying to do with the Bulls is, is not working. And if there are rumors going around that Billy Donovan is not going to be the head coach of the Bulls anymore, and I don't know if everyone agree with this, but I strongly feel that the Bulls should go and and get Doc Rivers as the next Bulls coach if they're leaning to get Billy Donovan out as head coach. I think Doc Rivers would definitely bring that that toughness, that 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 mental toughness, et cetera, et cetera, that the team needs. But you know, everywhere he's coached, he's had a successful you know tenure. So I don't know if it's that that the Bulls need to finally make it over that hump, so to speak, as far as being one of those teams that they're being talked about. But you no, know, something needs to be done to change the culture, the the attitude and the atmosphere of the Chicago Bulls organization. So I just wanted to change. All right. Steph goes back to a conversation that we had earlier in the week on what can the Bulls learn from the Denver Nuggets. And I, I, I love what you said, and I look at it as a couple of things, right? You Looking at the Denver Nuggets, you can tell it takes time. It takes time. You have to build a team up over time, right? Even when you look at, like, how Jamal Murray came from the Carmelo Anthony deal, but I don't think they got him until, like, three or four years after that. Like, it takes time. It takes foresight. It takes building a team with a purpose, right? Having a vision in place, right? And I think also you can take from it things on the court, their play style. When you look at how they play through Jokic, but whoever has the hot hand, they all move without the ball. They all can be a threat to shoot, especially if they start getting hot. And if you get two or three of those players on top of Jokic being what he is, that team just, it's such a hard team to to defend. And they play hard on both sides of the ball as well, right? And they don't have the the superstar pieces that that are common now in the NBA. They have Jokic, who is a star, who is a two-time MVP, but that's it, right? And then they have a bunch of players that are good to to, to extremely good complementary pieces to what they have. They built that team down there very well, very well, and I love the way that they did that. I love that organization, and that's why when AK came in from Denver, I thought, hey, we're going to start building, right? And then AK went away that I didn't necessarily expect. He went the win-now route and making a bunch of trades, giving up a bunch of first-round picks to bring in players to try to compete now. And at the time, I understood it, but it wasn't necessarily how I initially thought AK was going to run this team when he came into the franchise. But that's the route that he went, and now we have to pivot. And then also, when your question of Billy Donovan being on, Billy Donovan isn't going anywhere. Billy Donovan just signed a contract extension. He's not going anywhere. And really, honestly, Doc Rivers isn't that much of an upgrade over Billy Donovan. When you look at Doc, a lot of the things that he goes left with are the same struggles that Billy Donovan has. That's why I've always said whenever we do move on from Billy Donovan, it's not about going and getting another big-name coach. Find the next great coach that can build a system and can that can be your coach over a long period of time, 
build that system and become the next great coach. But I think we can learn a number of things from the Denver Nuggets organization, both on and off the court. And we have their former GM as our president of basketball operations. So you'd hope that some of that eventually comes over to the Chicago Bulls, right? We haven't seen it yet, but we can hope that eventually it will come. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Michael Korn. Hey, Hayes. Good day. Uh, Korn here. Uh, There's a good, insightful interview with uh, Tony Gill uh, the other day, yesterday. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, this Bulls team, current team, who you rather have, Max Struess or Kobe White? Just, uh, uh, actually, I'll leave it there. Max Struess or Kobe White? Uh, I, I read, uh, Casey Johnson that Max Struess is a restricted free agent. So, who do you like to see on the Bulls team or who fits the Bulls better current roster construction? Hey, thanks a lot. Interested in your thoughts. Matt Struess or Kobe White? Michael Korn, here's what I'll say on that one. I'm going to say Kobe White only because of the growth that he has and the upside. I think Kobe White has more upside as a scorer than what Max Struess does. Now, that doesn't mean that, that Kobe White is going to hit that, but I love Kobe White, and I love the attitude that he has as well, and I love that he's a player that we drafted and built in, right? So I want to see Kobe develop, but again, I don't think that Max Struess, we had Max Struess here at one point too. I don't think that he would be at all be a bad acquisition for the Chicago Bulls, but I'm betting on Kobe White. I know that may not be the thing to be, especially because we haven't really seen him have like super huge playoff games or anything because we just haven't had those runs. But uh, I think I, I would pick Kobe White there. Everybody who's listening, watching, let me know what you guys think on that topic as well. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from Butter Biscuit. Um, <clears throat> this is the main man of the hour, Butter Biscuit, you know. Try, trying to be a little more active in the community because, I mean, going based off that conversation that we had on a couple of your streams, you was like, potential moderator, but that's the last point. Anyway, so I got a potential uh, uh, trade that I think will go, that will probably benefit both teams in the long run. Um, this is between the Bulls and Dallas. And I was thinking what would happen if we would um, re well potentially re-sign Javante Green and then package him in a signing trade with Alex Caruso to the Dallas Mavericks for Maxi Kleber, their number ten pick, and maybe you know a second rounder with that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, works out for both teams pretty well. The Dallas Mavericks get the defense that they've been looking for, defense that they can pair alongside Luka. And what is it, the Bulls? We're getting a, a big man that can spread the floor and Maxi Kleber. I'm not sure um, if he's that good of a rebounder. I know his defense is subpar at best. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's a shooter, you know, so that does add shooting for us. And we get the number 10 pick. So, um, yeah. And, yeah, if we do get a second rounder with that, because they did say it too, so for, what, two first-round picks? So if we get the number 10 pick in the second, I feel like that's a pretty fair trade-off. But, you know, let me know what you think. Um, once again, this is Butter Biscuit. All right, trade idea from Biscuit here. Javante Green, Alice Caruso, for Maxi Kleber, a number 10 and a second overall pick. Here's what I'll say. It's not a terrible deal. I don't think that this is the type of deal that the Bulls would give up. Um, Alice Crusoe in, I do hear you, and I do understand you saying that, hey, the Bulls wanted two first for Alice Crusoe, a number 10 pick in a second is pretty damn close to that. 
and I and I and I'm not saying that your thing is completely off. I just don't think that Maxi Kleber, who could come in and be a backup power forward slash center for us that we can definitely use, the number ten pick is a, a great asset. Um, and you you're not your um fact of the of the matter is is that they're look they may be looking for defenders to add to Kyrie and Luca down there, and Javante and Alice Caruso could come in at positions of need for them. I, I Like I said, I like the framework of the deal. I just don't know if that's what the Chicago Bulls would want back in a, in a case for Alex Caruso. And keep in mind, too, you can't sign and trade a player during the draft. So if the Bulls are trying to get that pick during the draft, then it, that deal is not going to go down either. But I don't, think you're, I don't think you're far off on that deal. I think maybe, I, listen, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just overvaluing what the Bulls will want back. I just think in that case, you better be damn sure that you're getting a great player at number 10 that you see turning into a perennial starter because the Bulls giving up Alice Caruso and what he means to the identity of this team, I don't necessarily think that that's, that that's what they'll do. But, hey, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But that's today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.